are now locked in and listening to The Issue. This guy is a franchise quarterback, and no, I don't want to hear any pushback on that. It, it feels like a top 10 roster to me. It feels like it can win a championship. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue. It is Friday, August 19th, and we have another episode of The Issue here for you. It's going to be a really good episode today. So we have our normal divisional predictions to get to. That'll be in the second segment. And then in the third segment, brand new uh, segment to unveil in the world of sports betting. Okay, we've both now turned 21. It is legal for us to sports bet. The DraftKings app has already been downloaded. Fandle. Fandle's been really for me. Good. MGM is okay. A little tougher to navigate yeah. personally. Um, I have Barstool downloaded. Haven't set it up yet. Not sure. I mean, I don't know. I have no idea if it's any good or we'll not. We'll dabble in it throughout the season. Yeah, but we'll um, either way, we have that segment to unveil. Very excited about that. Got some good bets for you guys this week. Uh, but to start the show going to be like normal tim's going to have his rant and then we're going to get into hits and misses that will be the first segment and then as i alluded in the second segment will be nfc south predictions and superlatives so we're going to go through that whole division get brady and the bucks um a lot of fan bases to talk about so that will be good and then like i said the third segment is fully reserved for a little bit of betting and the new segment yeah i'm, I'm pretty excited about the betting because um well let's be honest uh I don't really bet a whole lot of baseball. I don't bet a whole lot of, you know, other things like that. So my betting resume hasn't been so solid yet, personally. Yes. yes. But I'm But this is your opportunity really to build good at it. betting football. This is your opportunity to build it. Solid at betting football. Yes. I you know, we were we were plus five hundred. I think we were you know, we were five hundred and above, right, on our bets last year. Yes. So that's solid, right? We like that. I think we were at like seventy eight percent for all the games. I mean, we love that. We yeah, love that. So those I mean, are if good we odds. can, if we can, you know, keep that going, I don't see, you know, I don't see why we can't. Absolutely. You know what I might start doing to amp up our our, uh, our predictions when we do our game predictions back yeah. and forth. I might just go in and and just throw bets on all those money lines. I mean, why not? I mean, at least at something. the end of the day, at the end of the day, at least something. whether whether you win or I win, we still only miss like maybe one. Or two. Or like, or like two or something like that. No, so, we're a fairly so, solid show so of predictions. It, we never go probably less than like 10 for, what, no, 16? We'd well, be making at least our money back. Bare minimum. Yes. Bare minimum. I like it. We'll implement it's an idea. it. It's well, something the listeners would probably like as well. All right, so to segue, um, life's kind of all about like attitude, right? You know, I've lived in some eh, apartments, dorms, whatever, right? They might be dirty, small, whatever your issue might be, you know. But it's all it's all what you make it out to be. Right, you little elbow grease, do some cleaning, some decorations, hang a couple flags, put in the the wall plugins, you know, Febreze, whatever. Smells fine, awesome. Right, you're in business. You can kind of make what you want out of it. Right, same thing applies to me with with the Steelers' first game. It's all about your attitude. If you went in thinking this is 100% Mitch Trubisky's job, and Mason and Kenny are just just competing for a depth chart spot at number two, then you probably left thinking, wow. Yeah, Mitch looked great. Mason was eh, looked comfortable because eh, he's been in the system. And, you know, Kenny's good but developing, right? That's probably your takeaway if that was your mindset going in. Right, if you went in, however, thinking, oh, my God, Kenny's got 40-plus college starts. He's familiar with the stadium, a little bit of the system, right, because Matt Canada used to be at Pitt. Kind of familiar with the system, the stadium, the city, right? The fan base is, is, is pretty similar. 
you probably walked away thinking, oh yeah, oh yeah, Kenny Pickett's the way to go, week one, 100%, he's going to be a pro bowler. It all depends on your attitude going in. I, I fall somewhere in the middle here. I think Mitch most likely is probably more ready now. If I need to win week one through week three, Mitch is probably the better, you know, the, the better guy to go with. He's going to win some games, right? But on the other hand, Kenny Pickett, you know, the guy who's going to be the future. He's the one who in a year or two, that's going to be the headline, right? It's not going to be in 20, what, 20, what is it, 2022 right now? 2024. It's not going to be, oh, Mitch Trubisky hits George Pickens down the sidelines. It's going to be some sort of pun of like Pickett to Pickens. Like, oh, you might want to pick these guys or something. It's going to be some weird pun. That's going to be the headline in 2024. Not Trubisky to Pickens. Kenny Pickett is going to be that guy in a couple years. Ideally, right? Ideally. He's the one who needs the development and the reps. Right? If I'm the Steelers, here's my plan of attack. Start Mitch Trubisky until he has a bad game. I've been saying, I've been saying Pickett all along. I've been saying Pickett all along. But the more I start thinking about it, here's how it'll go, right? You'll start Trubisky until he has a bad game. I'm talking like sub-50 QBR, multiple picks, is pretty much the reason we lose the game, right? Not just because he had a bad game, right? He is like over 50% of the reason we lost the game, right? Defense played great. We were in the game. Najee rushed for 150. You're driving late. Dumb pick. Like that type of thing, right? That, like that, that type of bad loss. Which, I mean, I like Mitch Trubisky, but that should be within the first, like, four to five weeks. Let's not act like he is a beast. I mean, he's good enough to win some games. He's serviceable. That, that's, like, the all-time word for Mitch Trubisky. Serviceable. So he'll have a bad game within the first four to five weeks. Then turn it over to Kenny. I don't even look back. All right, here's something interesting. Now, Joe Burrow is a significantly better quarterback. And I think he was a better prospect at the time. But to be fair, on the other end... He was the last quarterback to come out that was considered highly NFL-ready. And then what happened? He had a tough first season that ended with him being the worst deep ball thrower in the league of any starter. The absolute worst deep ball passer in the entire NFL. And then he had a a knee injury, which is a real tough way to end a rookie season, right? Would that help him do? Oh, I don't know. Come back and be the best deep ball thrower in the game. You know, led his team to a Super Bowl. You know, I'm just saying. Now, granted, I don't want Kenny Pickett to tear an ACL, but so he goes through a couple bumps and bruises this year. So, you know, so he throws a couple picks. So we win seven games. I'd trade that for a Super Bowl appearance next year. I'd trade that right now. I'd, I'd make the deal if you could, if someone pick, you know, pick up the phone right now. Hey, seven wins this year, Super Bowl appearance next year, or even six wins. I'd be like, sign me up. That's a, sign on the dotted line, right? I'd do it. I would do it. So it, it's all about what you what you went into that game thinking, right? Me, as a guy who doesn't really get too high, doesn't get too low, stays even keel, right? I see it both sides. Seeing it both sides allows me to say, yeah, you know what, Mitch is okay. But at the end of the day, Kenny has to see the field. He's got to be the guy. He's got to be the guy eventually. And I, I, I think just, just waiting, right? It, the only it factor he has is that he's NFL ready. It's the only it factor. Yeah. And maybe that's the best one. Right? I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's not his arm. It's not his mobility. Maybe it's maybe it's the fact that he's NFL ready. Let's use it. Let's do it. Right? He looked comfortable out there. He didn't look overwhelmed. Now, granted, it's the third string, but I mean, he looked like he belonged at least. Right? I I, I think he got to stay even keel. Right? People are freaking out, guys. It's preseason. 
It's like the second or third string from Seattle, who's not even a good football team this season. Yeah. Right? So deep breath, right? Mitch right now is probably better. Is Kenny going to be better, and should it be turned over to him at some point? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? That, that's my plan, right? I think I had a three-step plan last time about Deshaun Watson. Here's the mm-hmm. three-step plan for the Steelers. Start Mitch Trubisky, wait for him to have a bad game and bench him, turn it over to Kenny and don't look back. That's a, sounds about good to me. Yeah. Do you see a hole in the in the plan? No, I don't. Um, I did have some thoughts coming out of that preseason game, though. Um, so, I, like most people, watched uh, at least what I could. What I couldn't watch, I listened right. to uh, on the radio. So, I was still, you know, consuming the, the game as it happened. Um, you know, all three quarterbacks played to the level that I think that they should have against a team like Seattle. Uh, right. You are playing backups. You're playing against third string. But you're also playing along backups in third string. Right. Um, so the Steelers barely edged out Seattle. So I, I don't like all the hype where it's like, oh, you know, Steelers beat Seattle in a preseason game. They're winning it all. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. You Barely edged out Seattle's third team. You had to win on a last-second touchdown, all right? By no means should you be celebrating about blo- about blowing them out. Never. Um, Which we didn't. It required a last-second touchdown. Absolutely. But you have to give credit where credit's due. Kenny Pickett played really well. Yeah. I mean, he made really nice reads. We know how the game speeds up at the NFL level. I don't care what string you're playing against. Oh, it's the game is faster. Yeah. It's a step up from college, and he seemed to handle it well. Uh, he threw two touchdowns, 13 for 15. That's a completion percentage that will more than get you by. Right, and and I know that Brady still has a really good deep ball, but does anybody remember how frustrating? As Pittsburgh fans, you have to remember this has to be ingrained so far into your into your brain. Dink and Dunk and Dink and Dunk yep. and Edelman and White and Gronk Timing three yards routes. and Timing routes. and screen passes and slants and outs and ins and look routes. Dink and Dunk and Dink and Dunk. And it was enraging. Mm-hmm. But it won Super Bowl. And I think you have to also look at the Steelers as, look, we might not be, we're definitely not where they should be for quarterbacks this season, right? Mm, yeah. uh, but in a year or two, like you said, Kenny, Pill- uh, Kenny Pickett will develop, and he will get better. The one thing that I love is the receiving core right now, I think, is at an all-time high. Um, I, maybe not all-time, but in the recent you know, right. eight-ish years. Exactly what you need for you a young have, quarterback. You have George Pickens. You have Deontay Johnson. You have Chase Claypool, who I don't love, but he'll, he'll go make a good catch when you need him to. He's a big guy down the field. Uh, I like it. You have Pat Fryermuth. Um, and I Maje's mean, running the Najee in the backfield, and then not to mention Kevin Raiders looked really good recently too. Um, so he had a, co- I know he had two ish catches. Did he? Um, he didn't play for long, right, in that preseason game, but he looked pretty good. So good. It really, any weapons that the Steelers can add are just going to help push up that young quarterback in Kenny Pickett. So um, I liked what I saw. They, they did what they should have done against the Seattle. Yeah, I agree. Well, I guess that transitions perfectly into hit number one here because I've been saying this. From almost, almost, maybe even last year, right? Like before he was even graduated college, right? Before he was even done with college, I was saying, you know, his hit factor, I think, right, is his ability to be NFL ready. Well, it was, you know, it was preseason, but ooh, he looked calm, cool, collected, distributed the football on time and accurately. Yep. Looked pretty NFL ready to me. 
Uh, I mean, it looked like he was meant to be there, right? Which I think is a good sign. It's about all I'm looking for in the preseason. Do you feel like, you know, you have yourself under control and that you, you know, you should be there? You're not above your, you know, skill grade. Are you, do you belong there? And I think he did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I missed number one. You know, I, I do hate preseason generally. Um, I think it's a waste of time. But, you know, this preseason's actually been getting some really good hype. It's been getting good ratings on TV. People are ready and for it, football. It's actually been watchable. Yeah. You know, I, I've been pleasantly surprised. It's been a fairly watchable product, um, which is totally, you know, contradicting to what I've always said. I usually hate preseason. I think it's, I think generally it's unwatchable. This year it was pretty good. Well, I think. Or has I, been pretty good, I guess. I definitely agree. Um, I think it's just another testament to what the NFL does as a business, right? Um, they, I'm sure the ratings were low on preseason in years past. Um, yeah. I know that they are going up, and it's because of the coverage of these young prospects right from draft day. Everybody wants to know how they're going to play. I mean, I I saw and heard about more people that went to that first preseason game down at Acrisure than anywhere else. I like shudder when I hear it. I know, I know. I hate saying it, but we've got to say it. We're going to still call it Heinz Field. Okay. Are we calling it Heinz Field? I'm doing it. I don't care. Okay. I've, I've, I've yet to seriously actually call it Acrisure. Every time we call it Heinz Field, we should just flash the, uh, make the full screen a picture of Heinz Field. Just from now on. Just to rub it in the Acrisure's face. Michigan-based insurance company. Either way, we digress. Ridiculous. Anyway, hit number two. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've kind of always said, you know, Baker's talented enough to be an NFL quarterback, but I just never got the hype of him being like a top 10 guy. I mean, go back a year and a half, roughly a year, year and a half. Our comment section was, well, the, the Baker hate is crazy. You're a Baker hater. He's the man. Yeah, he went from having the most commercials of any NFL quarterback to fighting and scratching tooth and nail to be a starter yeah. against Sam Darnold who all of you hate, and he can barely beat him out. I mean, that take just aged fantastic for us. I mean, it it, it makes me feel good. It did. It makes me feel Especially really good. Especially when you've been on the train for this long. Because how, how long ago did we That was about as long as we've had this podcast as we've been hating on Baker Mayfield. Um, right, and so so now I'm kind of torn. Do I hate on Baker because it's, it's an easy thing to do, or do we keep hating on the Browns? Now, we could do both, but also, like, Baker hates the Browns too. Yeah, so it's kind of like a double negative at, at that point. Well, my point is, like, I think Baker would agree with some of the things we're saying about Cleveland. Yeah, I think he would. So I, I would hate to rip on him. But I also think that he would disagree with a lot of things we say about him. But the things well, that we I say mean, about yeah. him are also very well warranted. Let's not forget that. That's Just true. because he's out of Cleveland now doesn't make him any less of a um, liability at the podium. Uh, any of that stuff. He doesn't get along with teammates very well. So we haven't seen how he's gotten along with Everybody that's down valid. in Carolina, so yeah, that's valid. We'll give that time, but we'll revisit that. Like I think, I think we could end up liking him. Yeah, we could. Honestly, Baker, come on the show. Maybe best case, maybe <laughs> best case scenario is that he kills it in Carolina, and we can actually root for him. Yeah. Okay. If they beat the Browns Week One, we'll, I'm really hoping they do. We'll we'll find something good to say about them well, if Jacoby they beat them. Set, so they should. We'll see. All right, miss number two. I frequently say that the Steelers have and should have elevated their standards. You know, Super Bowls, deep playoff runs, you know, 12 wins a year at least. Uh, you know, it appears to, you know, that that's turned to an unreal hype over Kenny Pickett beating the Seahawks third string. You know, I, 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 he better. 
And so I have to say, like, he he better beat them. I mean, he's in division with the Raiders, Miles Garrett, and an improving Bengals defense. I would hope that you can beat the Seahawks third string. Yeah. Right? The standard is a lot higher here, guys. Like, come on. Like, let's get over that. All right, let's get over week one preseason freaking out. That's ridiculous. Yep. All right, hit number three. Uh, I recommended drafting Malik Willis, I will say. Now, I mean, this has been a pretty pro-Kenny Pickett show for the first, you know, I don't know, 14 minutes. I have no idea. I don't, oh, know, my, I don't know my watch on today. It's a, well, it's on, but I don't have the timer going. Total guess. Who knows? Yeah. We'll, we'll just go with fifth, uh, 14. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know, I recommended drafting Malik Willis. You know, take it slow. Let him develop into an absolute dog. It's, you know, it's only one start, and so it's preseason. So I'm not going to overreact. Like I said, I don't, I don't put a lot of weight on preseason. But good lord, did he look dynamic? I mean, if you can make grown men look dumb, I'm in. I'm in. (laughs) Like Josh Allen, week one made NFL starters, like ten year guys, just look stupid. I mean, just look not even athletic. And Malik Willis has a little bit of that to him, and it's fun. It's interesting to watch. It is. Um, He looked really good. Um, They definitely got a good one, and I think this could be something where in a couple years you look back at like the Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis being right. drafted in the same class and be like, ooh. But you don't just don't know which one it's going to be yet. I, it, Both of them are showing flashes. To me, not that I don't think Malik Willis is Herbert and I don't think Kenny Pickett is Tua. But I mean, the fact that Tua was drafted before you know Justin Herbert. They do share some some uh, similarities. Right, Tua is kind of limited, yeah. you know. Um, Pickett's a little bit limited, right? Kind of both have the whole accuracy and maturity thing. Like, that's yeah. kind of what they have going for them. Yeah. You know, but then it's Herbert and Malik Willis, who are just physical freaks in nature. Right? Right. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, miss number three. Um, you know, I, I like the Padres getting Soto and Bell, but uh, whew, haven't been great since then. And now to ta- uh, Fernando Tatis is suspended for 80 games. Yep. Oh, and by the way, they can't seem to beat, you know, the Dodgers if their franchise depended on it. They, they lost, what, 19 of the last 21 or something like that? 17 of the last 19? Not great. It's been quite ridiculous for the Padres. Um, and they, they got a, a, a much better manager. So I don't know. And the front office seems to be doing the right thing, pouring money into the team, right? That's kind of what baseball turned into is just pour money, throw money at it, and get a bunch of talent and win. I, I, I don't get it. I mean, Soto's slugging. Josh Bell hasn't been too bad, yet they just can't put it all together. I don't. I think they need like one more really good pitcher. I was going to say some. They need a bullpen guy, a, a really good bullpen guy that they can actually rely on, uh, especially those like mid innings where you start. Especially this time of the year is tough because you've right. been through so many innings of baseball. You're getting out to like mid to end August now, and you just need kind of some fresh arms to go. So yeah. if you could trade for somebody or get somebody fresh in that organization that's going to go out there. And Chuck for like two to three innings a game. They need a right. nice middleman there. That'd be nice. But well, that wraps up hits and misses. Yeah, and uh, basically wraps up segment one. Uh, when we come back, segment two, we'll have the NFC South predictions. You know, Tampa and, and, and all them because that's basically what it is. Tampa and, and, and then a tire fire, <laughs> and uh, we'll have the uh, superlatives for that too. We got MVP, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, breakout player, and coach of the year. So don't go anywhere. All right, guys, we are back. Segment number two on a on a Friday. Um, August is flying by. NFL season is rapidly approaching. I think yeah. we have, what, about two and a half, three weeks left? Yeah, I mean... What's well, so, No, it's, it, yeah, it's about three weeks. About three, that's oh, it. Oh, let's go. Because September 8th is NFL kickoff on Thursday night. Right, I'm fired up. Ugh. I really am. Um, I mean, I've been excited to watch preseason football, which is rare. 
for me. I, I think preseason is generally pretty unwatchable. Yeah. And here we are. Um, and I'm excited about preseason, so I, I can only imagine regular season. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, especially, I've been getting excited about, about these bets that we're going to be unveiling in the third segment here today. Yeah. Um, also, just show news. Don't know how it slipped our minds in uh, the intro there, but... This is the last Friday episode, um, so next week right, will, right. will be the first week of Thursday releases, okay? So you're yeah. going to be getting everything a day earlier, which is going to be perfect uh, for the schedule of the NFL. We'll be able to get those episodes out Thursday morning so that you have the predictions for Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. You also review Thursday, Sunday, and Monday at the same time once we get into the season show will adapt uh and we are excited for what we have to roll out so you know keep listening follow subscribe support the show we appreciate it yeah we really do and um without further ado let's go we have the nfc south predictions today all right so the division we got the bucks we got the saints the panther or yeah the panthers and the falcons uh all from the nfc south all predicted here for you today so let's go I mean, you kind of have to start with Atlanta at 3-14. and 14. First of all, I don't know who's going to play quarterback. Probably Mariota, but, I mean, Ritter's looked pretty decent. But either way, um, no matter what, I think you have the, f- the fourth-best quarterback in your division right now. Yeah. You're either going to start a second or third. No. Yeah, like a second-round quarterback in Ritter. Or you're going to start Mariota, who I, I think is a really low-end starter. Anywhere from, like, 20, you know, 24th best to, you know, worst. Right? Anywhere from the 24 to to 32 range so I, I don't love that and whoever it is is going to be running for their life they don't have a good offensive line uh, I, I think the defense outside of Grady Jarrett and AJ Terrell are is, is pretty disappointing there's not not a whole lot to to, to clap your hands about there so I, I think three and 14 feels about right for them yeah. um I think they're gonna be there with like a Chicago a Seattle and a Giants team like the, the, the they they should be drafting within the top five this coming season yes I mean I don't see anything other than that for Atlanta. And we as a show will stick to the stick to our guns. We're not gonna bet Atlanta at all this year. Mm-hmm. Um yep. that's oh, a team that you, you stay far away from unless it's them being beat by like fourteen points and you're like, oh well there you go. Bet them right. minus minus fourteen. But um plus fourteen but yeah. Or no, because you wouldn't bet them to cover that. I'm saying no, but I bet them to. I bet them to get yeah, bet them to cover a 14 point spread. That means that all they do is never lose by 13. Win. Yeah, and then you know what would happen. They lose it's by Atlanta. 14. That's why yeah, you never whatever, bet them. Uh, but the Falcons at three and 14, it, it's kind of perfectly fit in there. I mean, they're, I they've been living at the bottom of the division. Nothing changes this year. All right, well, let's go with uh, third place, Carolina. Uh, so I mean, I, do I think they could compete with New Orleans? You know, yes. Right, but who knows who's going to play quarterback? And I think whether it's Darnold or whether it's Baker, you're, you're not in a great spot, right? I think, I think you're going to no, go into about no. you're going you're going to go into about thirteen or fourteen football games where you have the worst quarterback. Oh, easily of the two, right? Yeah. So it, that's not a good spot to be in. And I, I don't really trust Matt Rule. The weapons are decent, but the O line is bad, and we know what happens when Baker doesn't have a really good offensive line. When people are hurt, he's not super mobile. Thinks he's a little faster than he is. He's, he doesn't get outside the pocket very well. And we know what happens with C-Mac when the offensive line isn't as great as it is. He gets hit. He gets stuck a lot at the line of scrimmage. And he gets hurt. He's very injury prone. Yeah. Right. And I think the defense will keep them competitive in a couple games. But I don't trust Baker down the stretch with a bad offensive line. I just don't. And uh, I don't trust Matt Rule down the stretch either. So and I, I think they have a chance to be near the Saints. But I don't think the culture is quite there with New Orleans. Yeah. So that's why they land at 3 at 6-11. and 11. All right. Number 2 in the division. Let's go with the Saints at... Seven and ten, I think they could get to eight and nine. 
First of all, they had a tough schedule. Like, I, they did not get any favors um, with their schedule. So, they're going to need no, some upsets. Really yeah. I already predicted, like, one or two just to get them to 7 and 10. I think they're going to need another couple if they want to get anything better than that. But, I mean, if Jameis is the, the, the first three games Jameis Winston last year, who was, like, a 120 QBR, right, had no picks, like, six touchdowns, no picks, averaging, like, 200 yards a game. Yeah. You know, they, they have a chance to go 9 and 8. And could be for a wild card spot. But here's the issue. That puts a lot on Jameis Winston. And have I ever seen that for a full season? And can I rely on him for a full season? No, we've never seen evidence to back that up. Right. Right. So I think he'll be good for, you know, six, seven games. And that would be reflect in the uh, in the win losses there. Yeah, I think so. And the thing with New Orleans, I think I think nine and eight is the best you're gonna get. That's the ceiling. The the absolute ceiling and right. sneaking into the wild card spot, like you yeah. said. Um don't expect like a big pop from them. That's not one of the teams that I would be eyeballing. We have them, and let's not forget they are in literal cap hell for yeah. That's not how great. long now. Yeah, so, they're going to be in it for probably another year. So it wasn't a great job to take in the first place with the coaching vacancy. Um, they have a lot of question marks. One at quarterback, but it's a big one at quarterback. Big one at quarterback. And did, what do I know? Do I know what I'm getting from Michael Thomas? No. I, and especially even if I do know that he's playing. Who outside of him is going to make plays for me? They're, they have nobody that's really even remotely consistent in, on the weapons in the receiving core. Like, none of them, no, nobody in the receiving core has popped yet. And no. do I expect them to pop now under a defensive head coach as opposed to a popping last year with Sean Payton? Yeah. Like, I don't. In an old, outdated system. Where, like, I'm not sure anybody, like, is going to get better from last year. I just don't. Um, all right, let's go with the Buccaneers at number one. I. I don't think they're going to be quite as good as everyone might think. I think 11-6 feels about right. Um, I, think, I think they took a slight step down just overall as a team, right? They lost key piece on the offensive line, Kappa, uh, Marpet, and now their center, Ryan Jensen's out for the season. Uh, Marpet retired, Kappa get, got, went to the Bengals mm-hmm. in free agency. Good upgrade for them. But um, they have injuries at the wide receivers. Chris Godwin's coming off an injury. Who knows how good he'll be. Uh, you know, Mike Evans just got dinged up a little bit in, in camp. Is he going to be 100%? And when you go into a season not 100%, really hard to play your way into 100%. You know, if you are hurt, you kind of stay hurt in the NFL. Maybe yeah. not hurt enough to not play, but not 100%. Uh, they're a little bit thin at DB for my liking. I like the top one or two guys outside of that. I think you could shred them, which doesn't line up very well for the top people in at the top of the NFC. Yeah. Right, so you look at, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup. Right, Stafford, Cooper Cup, um, Allen Robinson, Van Jefferson. So Van Jefferson is significantly better than your third best guy. Yes. You're torched. Right, I think it's the same thing. Even even if they play Minnesota, right, I think you're looking at Thielen, Jefferson, Dalvin Cook out of the backfield. You know, their, their tight end, Irv Smith. Right? Yeah. They've got weapons all over the place. You're right. Their third best option is better than your third best coverage guy. So I think that's a, that's a weakness that is tough in the NFC. Even even Philly has Devontae Smith, Jalen Rieger. We'll see if he, you know, rumors are he's gotten a lot better. Yeah. A.J. Brown obviously is the best on that on that staff. They have like three or four running backs, right? It's not a great position and a great unit to not, or to be like thin and not very good at. I agree, but let's also look at it from the flip side, though. The one thing that they have that nobody else has is Tom Brady. Right, and, Tom Brady. And, and we, we know that yeah. he can elevate the uh, the level of his receivers around him. He's right. done it for years. Right, I agree. And, I mean, they have a solid defense. They have good enough weapons. Yeah. I just worry about the top couple. But, I mean, they're, they're pretty deep with weapons. You know, they got a solid defense. It'll at least, 
it'll be around average, maybe a little bit above average in the pack. I mean, I mean you still do have Tom Brady. I, definitely right. enough to lead this division. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're in a very weak division. I, I, and also, 11-6, and six, that's probably good enough for, like, the second seed, you know, in the NFC maybe, probably maybe yeah. third. But still, like, you could be hosting a playoff game with that. Yeah, easily. Well, we'll run back through it. Um, we have the Bucks at the top at 11-6, and six, followed by the Saints at 7-10. and 10. Carolina at six and eleven, and Atlanta at three and fourteen for the NFC South, fighting their way, huh? I just don't. I don't see Atlanta being very good. They're gonna. They're gonna have to battle for a lot of years, man. Yeah. I, I don't see it happening anytime soon, really. Well, hopefully they get a good quarterback next year, turn it around. But uh, let's get into the NFC South superlatives. We got what we got MVP offensive player yeah. of the year defensive player of the year breakout coach of the year I like the ones in, in this division uh, we have kind of for the first time not for the first time we have a lot of variety in this division uh, you know between positions we got we got a quarterback we got a running back uh, a, de- a defensive lineman yeah, defensive edge lineman. rusher yeah and then Kind of, uh, well, a, kind not, of a surprise for Coach, but not really once you start to think about yeah, it. Yeah, whenever you say it out loud, right? Yeah. But still, you know, whatever. So let's go. All right, MVP, let's go with Tom Brady. I mean, who else would it be? Without Tom Brady, that roster is, you know, somewhere around where Carolina, probably better, it's better than Carolina, but probably somewhere around the Saints, right? You know, yeah. maybe fighting to get 500 without Tom. With Tom, even going 11-6, and six, whatever, 12-5, and five, maybe, they still a shot in the playoffs, right? This team can make a playoff run as long as Tom Brady's there. He's still a really accurate distributor of the football. His arm's almost never been better. It cuts through the Tampa air really well. Um, I, I mean, I expect him to take a, a slight step down. I'm not sure if he's 100% committed, right? He had, at one point was retired, but... Uh, nonetheless, I, when he's on your team, you have a chance. Yes. And I think without him, you don't. And, I mean, there's nobody else in this division who is as valuable and impacts winning as much as Tom Brady. I, I 100% agree. Uh, the thing he can bring is the knowledge aspect to the game, too. I mean, the, the, amount, experience, man. the amount of different defenses he's had to play against, yep. the different reads he's had to make, um, he just has a wealth of experience and knowledge. Right. So just that alone and a weaker receiving core, uh, especially as you go deeper into the depth chart. Right. That kind of stuff is really going to propel you. Uh, just on simple timing routes, adjustments that he makes at the line, he is um, he 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 really mixes it up yeah. on his own, away from well, what, what the coaching saw. staff might do. Yeah, we saw why. Maybe that might have been the reason for a coaching change. Because yeah, him and Aaron's weren't weren't the best friends. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, offensive player of the year. Let's go with Alvin Kamara. So he was looking at maybe facing a suspension this season for some. Problematic behavior in Vegas, we'll say. Or is that Vegas? Or somewhere with the Pro Bowl, or wherever that was at. Is that Vegas? Is it New Orleans? No. Well, no, it was not in New Orleans. I don't remember where it was. Maybe Hawaii. I don't know. Whatever. Um, but turns out, rumor has it, or reports, I guess, have it, uh, that he won't face uh, suspension this year. So, granted, he plays, I don't know, we'll say 15 games. We'll give him a couple games. Maybe he's banged up, right? I think he's I think he's the offensive player of the year this year. I mean, we were thinking about C-Mac, but I actually don't trust C-Mac to even get to 10 games. I don't. I don't. What evidence do I have? I have one, maybe two good years evidence there's, of him being able to do that. There's no evidence of him staying healthy. No. I think Kamara can. And if Michael Thomas, who knows with him? I, I haven't heard about Michael Thomas in forever. Oh. He was really, really noisy. He made a bunch of noise. Left the team. Took a year off. Was kind of hurt, kind of not hurt. Was kind of for personal reasons, but he was also kind of dinged up. And then haven't heard from him since. I, I don't know what's going on with him. But assuming that I mean, even if he comes back, he'll be rusty. I think Kamara is going to be 
the number one target, obviously on the ground and in the air. Yes. I think he's going to get a bunch of looks. Offensive player of the year, Alvin Kamara. Also, don't be afraid to draft him first in any fantasy stuff. If, you, if, you're, him. if you're the kind of guy that goes after running backs um, first and real early, he's the probably one of the top two or three that I would take. I think I drafted him either second or third last year. It worked out pretty well. It's like yeah. it hurt, unfortunately, but whatever. Um, all right, defensive player of the year. Let's go with Cam Jordan. I think he's going to have a really, really good year. Um, I just I, that's just a hunch. I'm going to be honest with you. Plus, this division isn't necessarily loaded. I don't think like Marshawn Lattimore, Devin White, and that was about it. Were other candidates? Maybe Brian Burns, but we, you know, we'll get to him. Yeah. Uh, I think Cam Jordan's the most proven guy on the defensive side of the football in this division. He gets the pass. He's consistently like a 15-sack-a-year guy. Yes. I think he'll get about 18-and-a-half this year. I think he's going to be a menace. Yeah, I was going to say, there's not much – I think there's not a lot of great offensive line play in this division. Uh, so he's going to have a fairly easy – Yeah. Easier time getting after quarterbacks. For, for um, six games, yeah, he should. Yes, 100%. Um and he's the guy that really is the wrecking force on that defense and gets most of everything generated. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's go with breakout. Uh, I think Brian Burns, right? So he kind of broke out a little bit last year. I think he's going to break out to the point where he's a household name, like a top five edge rusher. He's already probably in the conversation about top 12 to 15, which I think is respectable for him. And he's going to, what, I think he's going into his second or third year, third year, I believe. That, that's a respectable-ish area. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think he's going to be a dog. It's still a lot of time to progress. Yeah. I think like a 17-sack guy is going to be you know somewhere up there uh, within the top like three in sacks for edge rushers. I think he's going to become a bit of a household name. So Brian Burns is breakout. And finally, our last category, Todd Bowles. So at, at the end of the day, I don't love Todd Bowles, the head coach. First of all, he's defensive. It was a disaster in New York. Do I think he's a good football coach? Yes. Do I think he's a really good head coach? Probably not. Right? Whether Arians or Brady, I don't care who fired who or if Tom had impact on this or that. That I don't. It's in the past. I don't care anymore. But, I mean, you can't really deny that Arians is a better football coach than Todd Bowles. So oh, you're going to take a slight step down. But not at the good part of it because he's coach of the year in this division. I should probably say some good things about <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do think he's going to make the defense a lot better. He's already the defensive coordinator, so he's going to keep having a hand in, in the defense. Um, if it makes Brady happier, then, I mean, whatever, you got to do what you got to do. And at the end of the day, no other team we have predicted above 500. How am I going to give any other coach the coach theory if you don't even make 500? You can't. Oh, Matt Rule, here's coach theory for six wins. With like, Baker? With, with, with Baker? Like, come on. <laughs> Or like the Saints, like seven wins, dude. Like no, you, you like you need to show me something. And I think, and so if Todd Bowles is the only one above five hundred, it's almost a no brainer. And the crazy part is just how much of an influence Tom Brady has in the game. How much would, how much of an influence does he have on Todd Bowles being the coach of the year of this division? I'd say a lot. Without like Brady, seventy five percent. You have the other twenty five is that the chance. other coaches, like the other teams, aren't good. Yeah, that's it. So, uh, just yet again, another piece of evidence that points at the greatness Brady. that is Tom Brady. Um, yeah, but to run back through it, we have the MVP, Tom Brady, Offensive Player of the Year, Alvin Kamara, the Defensive Player of the Year, Cam Jordan. Breaking out, we have Brian Burns and the coach of the division, Todd Bowles. Sounds, Sounds about right to me. Yeah. I don't know. I said we get into some betting next segment, so please don't go anywhere. Come back to hear some betting. we got a couple, you know, preseason lines if you're into oh. some little, little bit of a degenerate 
betting, might I say? Nah, I'm excited for it. I mean, I already have my money placed on don't it. Don't so. know. Maybe I'll place one as well. I don't know. We'll see you guys next segment. What's up? Welcome back in on a, a Friday. Wow. Uh, third segment on a Friday. Uh, and it is time to unveil a new segment on the show. Um, you know, we've been thinking a lot about starting a betting segment. We wanted to wait until the NFL was going to, you know, come right. back into season before we rolled that out because NFL betting is what we do best. Right. Um, so this is going to be called Bets on a Budget. Okay. So it's basically like right. it's not for we're not going to be throwing 500 dollars down every week yeah and we're not we're not like oh you know i went to vegas and threw you know 40 g's on uh like some obscure team to win the super <laughs> uh, and throw 40 g's on the lions to win the super bowl this year like just like that that just doesn't make sense that's yes. not it's very practical betting that's um, above my pay grade we'll that, have is, like, that is We'll have like fifty to like seventy bucks usually a week where we're gonna throw some, uh, throw some money around on some games. Should be interesting. So we're gonna be giving you like the top five, top six bets of the week, uh, whatever they may be, and we're gonna put our money where our mouth is. We're gonna bet on the games ourselves, and uh, you know we're gonna win some money. And if you listen to us, you're gonna win some money. So um, I mean, I'm very excited to get going right. with this today. And, and we figured the NFL has a preseason. Why can't we get a preseason with some betting? Exactly. So we're gonna. We're- we're going to almost warm up a little bit. We have three preseason bets for, I think, this Saturday. I mean, just at any point in the weekend. There's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday games. Yeah. I, I forget what, what you know what day these are on. It doesn't matter. But, um, you know, as long as you place it probably Friday morning just to be safe, then you'd be in business. But uh, three preseason bets, and then we're kind of just going to go through week one, just the week kinda... one lines, and just kind of, you know, kind of get the juices flowing, walk you through a little bit of what I would be thinking of yeah. when I'm looking at bets. Kick around uh, some ideas of what we're going to yeah, pick. Yeah, just kind of, you know, for lack of a better term and keep it PG, just BS about about yep. some about some week one betting lines, maybe some money lines, over-unders a little bit. We'll give you guys um, an insight like to how we do it. Yeah. Um, but let's go, uh, let's get going with bets. Uh, yeah, bets. Bets on a budget. Bets on a budget. Sorry, we're, we're still warming up. I told you. Already Pre- messing up the name, so. That's fine. It's fine. It's kind of catchy, though. Anyway. That's on a budget. Uh, number one. Uh, the Cleveland money line against the e- uh, the Eagles this weekend. So they're a plus 120. Um, I think they overall have a better roster. Now, slightly. I think the Eagles still have a pretty good roster. Granted, who knows how many starters are playing. Um, but I think the Cleveland probably has a little bit of a deeper roster. Um, but plus, at the end of the day, do I trust Kevin Stefanski or... Um, Nick Sirianni, I'd probably lean Kevin Stefanski as of right now. Yes. And the Eagles are 2-10-1 in their last 13 preseason games. So everything for me, I think Cleveland's at home. Again, not that it matters too much, but it does a little bit. It does. Um, so kind of everything for me is pointing to Cleveland um, winning this football game. And people are like, well, Jalen Hurts is probably going to play, and Deshaun obviously isn't. And, you know, Cleveland's kind of base got a backup going. Yeah, for like a series or two. Like it's not Jalen. Jalen's gonna play like a series or two. Yeah, Jalen's not taking. Jalen's not even taking a quarter. Yeah, he might. He might get to a quarter, depending on you know how the game plays out. But at the end of the day, it, it's gonna be all you know, second, third, even maybe even fourth string guys. So you know, I, I'll, I'll take Cleveland plus one twenty on the money line this weekend. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it's definitely one of the best ones we could find. Uh, I'm gonna probably throw some on that. I, I might parlay something with that one yeah you could i mean we got we got two more bets we got two more bets yeah um okay let's go with the steelers uh a plus three and a half against the jaguars or they're a i think a plus 165 on fanduel a 155 on DraftKings. yeah 
Um, I'd probably get it as soon as you can. First of all, they're a better organization, which means they have probably have better depth. I think they have better depth. What tells me that this tells me that they think Trevor Lawrence in his first, uh, he'll probably play two series, maybe three, is going to just light it up and be a, and be a, a contributor to a win. I don't see that being the case. Maybe even if he scores a touchdown, I wouldn't put that past Mitch to score a touchdown either. Yeah. Right? I mean. Or for God's sake, Mason Rudolph. I mean, I mean Mason Rudolph <laughs> threw a touchdown. Kenny threw two, right? Yeah. So, uh, Kenny threw two, right? Kenny threw two. Yeah, right. Kenny threw two. So, you know, I I think the Steelers are, are going to win. I'd probably lean more money line because I think you probably make a little bit more off the money line. And, and then you don't have to worry about the three and a half because then you could get caught by the hook. You know, the, the good old three and a half, yeah. you know, they, uh, they, they win – or I guess they lose by like four, right? A popular score. If you kick a field goal and they have the touchdown, right? They're up by four, right? right. So you, you could get caught by it. But um, I would definitely go money line. Think about the spread. Uh, but I think the Steelers are the play. I think that's the right side of this bet. Yeah. And if you can get it on FanDuel at plus 165, I'd go for that on the money line. Yeah, well, that's where my money's at. I have my money uh, on DraftKings, though. And I have this one as a same game, uh, same game parlay bet. So I have... Uh, the Steelers money line and the Steelers spread. Well, there you um, go. So, I mean, nothing crazy, but it just ups, it ups the 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 payout. So. Ups the ante a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So, actually, quick little side story here. I was doing a baseball same game parlay, right? So this is on Fanduel. I got this was a couple months ago, right? So it's the uh, the Buccos at the Rays. I go um, a hit for O'Neill Cruz, a hit for Bly Madris. RBI for Randy Rosarena, and the first half of the game score to be tied. Right? It's 1 1 or 2 2 or something like that. Yeah. Through four and a half. The nine in the game. That's half the game. Well, evidently, FanDuel thinks half the game is after five complete. So it's tied after four and a half, and the Rays score run on the bottom of the fifth. I lose my bet. It was like 20 to win like $2,300. Like sick to my stomach. That hurts. Like absolutely that sick. Hurts. That hurts. Like sick. Yeah. Or like like that just like hurts. I will never forget that bet. Ever. That's like one I will be able to recite exactly what oh by the way, all three legs hit. I don't know. I didn't even say that. The first three hit, the only thing that needed was that was that um was that first half score. It hurt like to my very core. That's a that'll leave a sour taste for a long time. It's upsetting. I'll never forget that. I'll be able to recite exactly what I bet. Well you need a comeback bet this year then, so Yeah. Alright, well, uh number three on our on our list of we'll call them D-Gen preseason lines, right? Who who bets preseason games? I'm sorry. Like I'm with you guys, right? Yeah, I'm not we're calling doing out it. anybody cuz I'm right there with you. We're doing it too. Kind of degenerative betters betters right now. But it's only a little bit of money, so it's not too bad. No, it's but not. that's why it's bets it's, on a budget. It's responsible. It's D-Gen responsible. Betting. That's fan that's fantastic marketing bet. right there. Um bets on a budget. So, so let's go with the Bengals plus five and a half. Uh <laughs> Against the spread, I think they're playing. Yeah, they're playing um, the Giants, and they're plus two hundred five on the money line. First off, I know it's preseason, so these guys, you know, probably aren't playing. You know, they're not throwing in the cream of the crop, guys. Right? They're not throwing in a lot of the first strings. Maybe Daniel Jones, sure. um, but if you even consider him a first string quarterback, I don't think he's a starting quarterback in this league. But you know, for preseason, I guess. Um, so I think because of that, I think coaching really matters here. Right now, I think right now Zach Taylor's probably a better coach than Brian Dable. And is it crazy to think that whoever's playing backup for the Bengals is at least on the same level as Daniel Jones? No. I, mean, I, don't, think I don't think it's crazy to say. No, I, I, And a plus five and a half, that's a steal. Well, we've always equated Daniel Jones to being like almost backup caliber. 
uh, almost every single time we've talked about him. He hasn't really done much in New York, so no, I, I I could totally see a backup kind of playing to his level, if not even above, if we get one of those guys that wants to pop this year. I agree. I, I agree. Those are our three bets. You can see them right here. We got, uh, you know, Cleveland on the money line against the Eagles. We got the Steelers um, spread or money line. I'd probably lean money line uh, just because the hook, I'm not, I'm not super comfortable with that. And I'd go probably Bengals um, plus five and a half. Uh, you know, against the spread there, playing the Giants. Yes. Uh, all very good bets. Yeah. I got my money on some, so I'll probably put some more on some others as well. And right. Just, you know, getting warmed up for this NFL season of betting, it's going to be a good one. And right. we need some practice as well. Dust the, dust the rust off a little bit. Absolutely. So let, let's run through a couple of these week one uh, games because so what happens in week one is Vegas hasn't really adjusted to to how good these teams are yet right we haven't seen them we don't have any evidence of what they are at home on the road right we don't we don't have any thing to go off of or I guess not we Vegas right yes um, so you see a lot of inflated lines right for example the 49ers going on the road favored by six and a half in Chicago I I think Trey Lance is just as good as the next guy but I mean. Six and a half points on the road against an NFL team. I mean, and, and and I will say the Bears they're pretty underwhelming. But if any unit is good, it's their defense. Yes, and they're going to go against a basically rookie quarterback in Trey Lance. Like six and a half points, is a lot of points to swallow. It is. Really, um, for me, I and I don't even like the Bears, but I, you almost have to go with the Bears plus six and a half. You do. You have to kind of trust them a little bit to be a competent NFL team there, because and they don't know how bad they are yet. It's just week one. And they don't you, get and, it. And it hasn't registered. Know, and you don't know how good Trey Lance is either. Is the thing. So that's the, I guess, kind of a good thing about early season NFL betting. It can be a good thing, is that there's not a lot of intel on these teams and the new rosters yet. So you do have the chance to steal a couple. You can get uh, lucky like a little bit. Week one, week yeah. two-ish, yeah. Uh, that the line kind of favors you a little bit. Right. But, um, yeah, this is just one where you don't typically see an NFL team lose right. by six and a half, seven points, on, especially at home. Right. Uh, even the over-under on that game is 42. I, I'm going under all day on that. I feel like that 42 is a lot of points for week one. I'm looking up something for the next bet. You can keep going. But, I mean, that's that's the other one. Oh, where was it? We were talking about it right before we started. Well, I'm looking up the Steelers one. So, even yeah, the Steelers and Bengals. So the Bengals are a six and a half point favorite, and uh, the over under on that one's forty four and a half, which is also pretty high, I would think. I don't, I don't see the Steelers offense scoring like so many points to the to the point where it gets to. The right. Bengals pushing that over forty four and yeah, a half. That that's a tough that's a tough stat to try to find. So I was looking for um, what the record of of the the whoever lost super, the Super Bowl what their week one record is. That's a tough stat to find. I didn't find it because we we're just kind of going off the cuff here. But there is a Super Bowl hangover, especially when you lose the Super Bowl. I think six and a half week one is a that is steep. It's very steep. for a division game. Yeah, the Steelers are a very competent football team with a great pass rush, great defense, like a really really good defense. So they're going to be able to run the football a little bit this year. You know, they add a couple of good weapons. I I I don't see. I mean, say that's a lot of point to absorb week one. It is. That's uh, a lot. And and here's the thing. I think the Bengals are about on the same level as the Niners, maybe a little bit better because they have a more proven quarterback. And the Bears are significantly worse than the Steelers. So yeah. if I feel comfortable enough to take the Bears, I feel really comfortable about taking the Steelers. Here's what it, I'm, I'm in my head building the same, uh, not the same game, but I'm in my head. I'm building a parlay right now. Right. Bears, Steelers, 
The only one that the the other one that jumps out to me is the Texans plus eight. The Texans plus eight, but that's I almost wouldn't touch that one because te- the Houston is so bad. I mean, Houston's bad. Are they really eight points worse in Week One than the Colts? I don't new know. New quarterback that. going into a new system, right? But it's Matt Ryan going into a, a better system than he's ever had in in Atlanta. Hey, that's a fair point. So I mean, that's we don't point. know. It could be a it could be a blowout. I mean, yeah. and we just talked about how we don't like these big lines, but this is just one of them. I mean, the te- there's a select maybe two-ish teams in the league where you see a spread like this, and you're like, mm, I can see them losing by that much. But again, that the, but the Bears I can see losing by that much, but I just feel like week one, unproven quarterback. Now, granted, Matt Ryan's not unproven, but that's too many points for the Bears. I just feel like that's too many for the Texans. The average NFL game is decided by three points or fewer. I know, but think I about mean, that roster. That roster is so bad. But, okay, first of all, their line is at least decent at run blocking. I think it was top half of the league. It was what, like 15 or 16, more than like one or two. But uh, mm. they can at least run block a little bit. They have some guys in the backfield. And Davis Mills actually was probably the best rookie quarterback last year outside of Mac Jones. I might take Colts minus eight on that. That might be one where we, just, where we want to. That's bold. I don't think it's crazy, though, either. Just to, I mean, that's something I think could win some money. I mean, either way, I mean, your odds on the money line in the Colts, you're barely going to yeah, make a dollar. I don't dollar. think it's crazy. I think the only other thing that jumps out to me right now is the Broncos minus four and a half against Seattle. Yeah. I mean, really, Seattle's bad. Seattle's a bad football team. Yeah. The only thing that gives me a little bit of hope is they're at home. The Seahawks are. So you you would bet the Seahawks plus no, four and a half? Or no, you would no, bet no. I'm taking Broncos the Broncos minus, minus four and a half. half. I think okay. they win by probably a touchdown. Okay. Yeah. I mean... I think you could basically lock in Steelers and Bears. Like those are those are good bets. Yes. Both at plus six and a half. I like the Steelers and the Bears. And then I would take I would take the Texans. You said the Colts. So then what do you, what would you think about the Ravens at a minus six over the Jets at like in New York? Well, so the Jets are probably gonna start like a Joe Flacco because Wilson's gonna be hurt. Yeah. Not that Zach Wilson's that much better than Joe Flacco. So but do I mean, you like the Ravens minus six there? Right. Yeah. He's certainly not dynamic enough to go or well, I guess at home to beat his former team. I don't. I don't think so. I, I'd probably take the Ravens. I probably wouldn't touch it. But if I had to, I'd go Ravens. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, like you said, the division. It, that's such a big spread in, for Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. That, that's yeah, especially for for, me. for a divisional game. Like you look at what a divisional game should look like. The Raiders at Chargers minus three and a half. Minus three and a half. Absolutely. Yeah, like that. That to me. That's makes very sense. fair. Or you scroll a little bit more. The Packers uh, at the Vikings minus two. That's right. a divisional game spread. That's another one I'd think about taking the Vikings, uh, on, either on the spread or on the money take, line. I, I would think take the Vikings, Vikings on the money line. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think they win by a point, though. So I'd probably might as well, I might as well just take them on the spread. You probably get better odds. Yeah. Or you parlay it. <laughs> You're a parlay animal. This is going to get dangerous. But um, is that all we have? Those are all the bets? That I think is so. indeed all we have. All right. Um, guys, that is all we have for the episode today. Thanks for stopping in. We have another week of you know, progress towards the NFL season. We are getting very close and we thank you for, uh, you know, jumping along with us and, and following all the stories, everything that we put out here. So go to the social media. Our Instagram is at the underscore issue podcast. Uh, TikTok is the issue underscore podcast. That's been going yeah. like really and, well yeah. recently. Like and comment. We'll respond most of the time. Yeah. Um, you know, if you want to have a heated, heated chat, let's do it. If you want to have a cordial chat, we're in for that too. So, you know, just Absolutely. stop buying and, and, and comment. We, you know, we appreciate it even if you're ripping us. Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much. And that was The Issue.